Welcome to episode 46 of the Point of Pittsburgh podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, what's going on, man? I don't know. Uh, not much. You know, hanging out. I was just thinking about this, like literally as you were doing the introduction, literally thinking about it then. Um, I, I feel like this is, a, we've got to be, this has to be right around a year of doing this podcast, right? Like, I don't think we have an official date. Like, I, I don't, I, I haven't gone back and checked, but it's got to be, right? Well, I think we, I think we started it in November because we're, we're like, why in the world would you start a pirate podcast like after all the playoffs are done? Um, you know, I, I just remember it being like, what in the world are we doing this for in November? So, yeah. Episode 46, though, I feel like we missed some weeks. That's that was my logic. The I feel like we missed some weeks in there. So maybe you're, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could be right. It could be, it, maybe it was the beginning of November. To, you know, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll look back at the date and, and we'll have a pretend one year anniversary episode in the, in the future, even if I am right that today is what should roughly be that time. Cause nobody's going to go back and double check us. Like, let's be honest. We're just going to pull the wool over their eyes. And, and it's a year when we say it's a year. God damn it. So um, let's kind of start off with our fun new segment that we've been doing. It's where'd you eat last week? Dude, I ate everywhere last week. I had a ridiculous week of eating out. But I'm going to talk about a restaurant. or I'm going to talk about an eating experience uh, that really sort of struck me in, in the moment. I, I mean, I, I ate at, um, I ate at Fogo de Chao tonight. I ate at, uh, golden, uh, uh, golden age, uh, the brewery in Homestead on Saturday night. I was at uh, federal galley on Thursday. I don't want to talk about it. It was just not good. I was at the new gaucho, uh, for the first time on Friday um, so, I mean, I, I had a pretty hefty week of eating out, but what really resonated to me this past week is I went to, I, I, have you been to the, uh, have you been to the Cohen's at all? The, 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 the gas stations, the new Kogos? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The new, new Kogos. So I, I just want to comment and, and the food there's not great. Okay. But I, 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 it's important. I feel like for me to say this, cause I don't think anybody else is. And this might be the hottest take that I've ever made, ever. Uh, not just on the show, Twitter, you know, any podcast that I've ever done, uh, any blog that I've ever done. But Cohen's food is considerably better than Sheets. Uh, I'm going to reach for the fire extinguisher yeah. because that is that's uh, that's going on a limb there, man. Now that's a that's a flaming hot take. Their chicken. My my argument is is the chicken sandwich yeah. is very good. Go yeah. And it's made with like real actual chicken. Like I, 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 you get a chicken sandwich at sheets and it's, it's been pulled apart from like, you know, you've got, you've got components of like 15 different chickens all mushed up together into one sandwich. Like that's not a single chicken sandwich. That's a like mega processed chicken breast. Like I got the chicken fingers there. It was, you know, they were whole pieces of chicken breast. It was good. You know, I mean, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Was it, was it an, 
earth-shattering experience? Absolutely not. It's It was just chicken fingers with buffalo sauce. And the buffalo sauce was good, too. It was actually accurate and, you know, proper buffalo sauce. But, you know, like I said, it's just it, – it's glaring the difference in quality from that meal to anything that I've gotten at Sheets in the last 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm just going to let that one kind of just settle over like – no comment. Like a low rolling fog. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like it. You really brought the heat on that one. Uh, I'm going to go keep it a little uh, more direct. I, I like Barrel Junction. Uh, I was there in Shaler on Sunday. Okay. And literally everything on their menu is good. Uh, I think you would like it because they have a very robust beer. Uh, beer's on tap. Mm-hmm. set up and I really think you would like the food too so barrel junction oh. where's where's it at in Shaler right on route like 8 is it... uh, near the intersection of okay. Bridgefield and route 8 okay okay alright I will have to uh, I'll have to check it out since I'm really not that far from there at all being that we're an Aspen wall for the next uh, you know few months at least so well, uh, what would you like to do tonight? What's one of your favorite activities? Well, I already crapped on sheets, so we're going to have to move on to something else. Um, so what I kind of had in mind for this week is I would like to spend some of Bob, Bob Nutting's money. How, how do you feel about that? Let's do it. Okay. All right, so here's um, here's what we're going to do. Here's how it's going to work, all right? You and I are going to pick a number, okay, that we think that the Pirates um, – we're going to pick a number that we think that the Pirates are going to spend to. Not a number that we think that the Pirates should spend or ought to spend. We're going to pick a number that we think that they will spend, okay? Um, and then we are going to – create a roster and fill in our roster of, um, uh, basically, um, you know, and, and spend up to that dollar amount. So, um, we've talked about this a lot. There's only two salaries that are officially committed to the pirates next year on uh, Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes. And those total $17 million. Then from the MLB trade rumors, ARB numbers, and I did not, include Miguel Andujar in this. Uh, the Pirates are looking at about 16.28 million in arbitration. I'm also going to assume that Kutch is coming back and for about 6 million dollars, okay? So that brings the Pirates to a shade under 39 million dollars or excuse me, a shade under 40 million dollars in committed funds. Um does it sound about right to you? Yeah, you're right on target. You you're not you going to make an argument for keeping Miguel Andujar? No, um, absolutely not. Okay. But I do, okay. do just That's want to true. toss okay. in that we need to put in for the just minimum scale guys just to fill out the roster. Oh, that's a good point. I did not calculate those guys. So, um, yeah, I so would yes. put in about $12 million just for those dudes. Okay, good call, good call. So we're we're at about uh, we're actually so that puts us about fifty one then. So that puts me. I'm gonna have to actually go back and redo mine, my folks, because um, <laughs> I did not factor that in. Um, 
So, um, but anyway, my payroll projection, um, and, and basically the way that I came up with this number is I took the three teams that were closest to 20,000 in attendance, uh, in 2022. And then I averaged what they spent in 2023 and it came out to 87 million bucks. That's roughly, roughly what I came up to, or that's what, that's roughly what it came out to. So, um, you know, that's the number that I'm going to be shooting for. So what number are you shooting for? So your, your reasoning is sound. I, I like your reasoning a lot. Um, I have long lobbied that the pirates based on their revenue, uh, of what, you know, various pots of money coming from central with national TV deals, with, uh, advanced media money, with attendance and marketing and TV deals local that they are getting around 250 million of revenue. Even if you say 40% of that is spent on payroll, that is a very kind, uh, 100 million that they should be spending. So, uh, I do like your idea of 87, but I'm going to just bump it up a little bit to a hundred. Okay. All right. So why don't you, um, well, well, I, since I have to, uh, to, to mess with my lineup now, I, I gotta lose, I gotta lose $12 million out of my lineup now. So I, I'm doing this on the fly. So why don't you go ahead and, and let us know what your lineup looks like or what you, the, the players that you want to acquire look like. You got it. So it's no surprise that the pirates need pitching. Um, so I'm going to bring back old friend and, uh, I believe my restraining order is off for 2023. So it's I'm going to back off. old friend uh, Jose Cantana. The Mets are going to want to try to get rid of some money so they can burn some more money this year in free agency. Um, he has one year and $13 million left. They will trade him back to the Pirates for something very low level. Um, and that's that's $13 million right there. Uh I'm going to, this is going to get a little weird because it actually involves spending real money. Uh, I'm also going to reunite the band and bring back Joe Musgrove from the Padres, who recently came out and said that they had to uh, pare down to a measly $200 million for next year. Um, And with their commitments and their arbitrations, especially for Juan Soto, uh, that's going to require some chopping for them. So, uh, he actually gets paid real big boy money. Uh, he has four years and $80 million left. That's 20 million a year. Um, they're going to have to, you know, put a couple things together in order to trade for him, but probably not too much. I could see maybe, I think, uh, I think we should give them Hudson. Head back. Exact, what do you think you, you and I have been friends for a Did I steal long your time, joke? And that was going to be steal your joke? trade package. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's I'm so problem. sorry. So it's low hanging fruit. That's 20 million right there. So now we're up to 33 million. So now we're going to get a little bit more value based. Um, my new obsession is the Houston Astros Chaz McCormick. He could uh, pair up with Jack Swinski, or if Jack Swinski has to be part of a trade for him, he could man center field. He could also rotate into right field as well. Um, he is going to be expensive, 
in terms of acquisition cost because he's an ARB one and he's projected as of as of uh, MLB trade rumors estimate to make $3.1 million this year. Um, so very cost effective for what he brings you. And he's actually a really good player. Uh, no surprise that the Pirates need help at first base. I would not mind a, a reunion with Carlos Santana, but just to be a little different, I'm going to say that Garrett Cooper has all the hallmarks of being a future Pittsburgh Pirate. Um, I would sign him to a two-year, $14 million deal. That's seven, $7 million a year. So we're up to uh, $43 million that I've spent of uh, Bob's money. And I told you I wanted to spend right around 100 So I'm just going to go for... This might be a little bit of a... Um, I don't want to say stretch, but like a luxury... You know, the Pirates are pretty good in the bullpen, but you can never have too many arms. So I'm going to say another trade uh, for the Boston Red Sox this time. They are probably also going to want to reallocate some money, especially with a new uh, director of baseball operations coming on. I'm going to trade for Chris Martin. <laughs> uh, one year, $9.5 million is what he makes. Add all five of those up. And that totals $52.6 million of Uncle Bob's money coming out of the silo. And that would bring the Pirates to right around $103 million of payroll. And it would be really hilarious if the Red Sox hired Neil Huntington, as they've been rumored. And he could trade with essentially himself for his very first trade. I wonder if he would want somebody that he drafted. You know what I mean? Like if there's somebody that he has kind of in mind um, that that he brought in the organization. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that could be really, really interesting. Um, Who's yeah. who would yeah, be like you know, a, um, underdeveloped? I don't know. They all suck. Now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> maybe he'll take Colin Selby off our hands. Oh, that God, seems like please. a great. That sounds great. So. Um, uh, it, it would be interesting to see what he, what he does there. And I honestly wonder if because – I wonder if he knows somebody at Fenway Group from his time in Pittsburgh, you know, with the Penguins, you know, being taken over by the same ownership, you know. Um, so I, I wonder if there's some – I wonder if there are some Pittsburgh connects there. Uh, it would be really, really interesting to see um, if, if he does get hired to hear what um, what the driving force behind it was. So, uh, kudos to him. I mean, I, you know, and, and this wasn't meant to be a, a Huntington podcast, but, uh, you know, let's, let's see what he can do with some actual money behind him. Um, you know, he had one really good idea while he was with the pirates and then, you know, he, it seemed to go by the wayside, but they're going to get a lot more fastballs in, 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 in Fenway, I guess is really what's going to happen. So, uh, anyway, that's not what we're talking about tonight, as I noted. So, um, my, um, so my lineup, and again, I, I'm going a little bit more, you know, I got to tighten the belt, you know, again, that was that extra two, 12 million. I really kind of, uh, it, it really kind of hurt, you know, it, 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 it really did. So, um, 
but I, I also decided that they're going to add two starting pitchers. It's not necessarily what I would do, but I think it's what they're going to ultimately do. Uh, and and for my left-handed starting pitcher, I'm going to go with Wade Miley. Um, he's, he really wants to pitch for every team in the NL Central. Uh, and so this is uh, this is another, you know, box to tick. So one year, $7 million. You know, I, I think that's about what he's worth at this point. I mean, he's good for... You know, I, I think he's good for a, f- a number five starter, um, number four starter, somewhere in that neck of the woods. You know, and 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 you know, maybe his role is diminished as, you know, the Pirates get healthy and uh, you know, and and some some folks arrive from the minors. Uh, as far as my right-handed starting pitcher goes, this is this one's kind of out of left field, but I I, I I've seen the Pirates loosely connected to him in the sense that they've at least scouted him but i like i like the idea of them going after yariel rodriguez the uh, cuban free agent pitcher uh who spent a couple of years in japan and put up very good numbers especially last season so uh, i've got him at 17 million a year i'd put him on a four-year deal at 72 million with a club option for 19 million uh, and a four million dollar buyout. So I'd also give him a year three opt out just because they're in vogue, not because I like that, but um, it, that he'd be able to opt out after year three if if that were the case. So um, you know, probably shaves a little bit of money off of the deal on the front end. Uh, I, I like the idea of signing an international free agent because there is a little bit more value there. Uh, again, these guys. You know they, they you know they get they get good contracts, but they're not as strong as they would be because they don't actually have a true major league track record. But this guy's a, a you know a, at least a middle of the rotation profile, and I, I really do think that you know he could be a really uh, interesting pickup. So um, as far as relief pitchers go, uh, I I think I stepped down a level from yours because obviously I have to. Um, and that would be, I went with Brent Suter, um, good hockey name there. Um, so he is, uh, I, I, I've got him at $6 million on a two year deal, but 6 million the first year, 5 million the second year. Um, so uh, a little front loaded there, uh, could have backloaded it, I guess, you know, to save myself a little bit of money since I was strapped for cash. Um, first base, I did go with Carlos Santana. Um, you know, it's, uh, it wouldn't be my first choice, but again, there's, um, there is, uh, there's, there's only so much I can spend. I wanted this to be Brandon Belt. I really wanted this to be Anthony Rizzo. And if I was spending the year number, that's who I probably would have listed here. But, uh, but Brandon Belt was a nice, you know, settle, you know, option to settle on. He had a great year last year. I still think one for 13 million would get it done for him. Um, but I would say, uh, but Santana's fine. I mean, he, he meshes well with the clubhouse, um, you know, and, and, and I, and I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with that. If he's struggling as the year goes on and the pirates, you know, if attendance ticks up and the pirates have a little bit more money to spend, uh, the back half of the season, uh, you know, this is a position that they can upgrade pretty easily in, in, in the trade market, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so the, the other real casualty of me not being able to spend as much money as I thought I was going to be able to, uh, I, I wanted to find a right-handed center field friend 
for Jack Sawinski. Um, I and the the person that I settled on was Michael A. Taylor. Um, I, I have him at a two year. $10 million deal with $5 million. Again, he's not a player that I think the Pirates can sign, but I do think that having a defensive defense first center fielder that's also right-handed would be a really powerful tool to pair with Jack Sawinski. Um, you know, you know, you you put him in the lineup you put Jack Sawinski in the lineup with a switch hitter and a right-handed hitter uh, behind him, and now all of a sudden he's leading off in the seventh inning. Um, you know, uh, does does the opposing manager put in a left-handed hitter when they when they know that Michael Taylor's on the bench and he crushes lefties, and you got two guys after him, or do they just you know do they just pick their poison and just you know roll with Sawinski with their right-handed pitcher? Um, really, really, really powerful stuff when you think about it. Um, but I, unfortunately, um, I have to settle for a consolation prize and that would be Jake Marisnik. So sign him on a minor league deal, uh, trot him out and, you know, I'm sure he'll, you know, he's, he's not a game plan and he doesn't, he's not nearly as powerful as Michael A. Taylor, but he's not a bad guy to have around. Um, you know, and periodically come up and spell other folks in the outfield during the actual season. Um, you know, excellent defense. You know, you 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 do get that, but you lose that pinch hitting option because nobody's going to be afraid of the Pirates bringing him in. You know, but he is a definite upgrade at center field to close out games. That's for sure. So, um, so that's it. So that's my that's that's my. Uh, my groupings. So that's what that's what eighty seven million dollars looks like for the uh, for the Pirates next year. So um, thoughts. Balls in your court. Yeah. Well, we did all the heavy lifting for Ben. Like it's mm-hmm. it's done. Just just do it. You know. Yeah. So here's one thing that I do think is going to happen in the offseason. I do think the Pirates are actually going to break their free agency record uh, in terms of like an external free agent. Um, I think they're going to spend more than they ever have on a free agent this offseason. Um, I don't know. There, there's hot take number two from me today. Uh, it's not quite as hot as the first one. Um, but my goodness, nothing is nothing is hotter than saying Cohen is better than Sheets. So what what is the is it is it um, Francisco? I, I, I think it's Ivan Nova's three year ten. Um, I think three years thirty for Ivan Nova, right? I, I think you're right. I was thinking it was Liriano, but I think you're right. I don't think was Liriano a free agent or was he extended? Well, didn't he? I thought he came back. I might be mixing up Nova and Liriano because I think Liriano came back, but maybe no, he did sign. Him. You're right. He did sign. Uh, he did sign after they they did resign him. Let's um let's go ahead and we'll we'll check the internet to see who had a bigger contract. This is uh sounds like a job for Baseball Reference. So give me just a second here. Do you want to talk about something else, Kevin? While I'm while I'm doing my 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 searching, it looks like Liriano was three for thirty nine. Okay. Oh, then he was definitely more. He was definitely more than. I mean, obviously the pirates didn't pay him, but yeah, that's definitely a bigger contract. Yeah, and that appears. So to I, be I do think the pirates are going to beat that this year, though. Yeah, that appears to be the record. Okay. 
yeah, you're right. You're right. So, but again, I, I think they'll beat it this year. I feel I feel fairly confident in that. I mean, it's just the numbers that we tossed out there, fifty million for for a team, you know, with like no upgrades. That is comically low. I mean, even if they only spend their, you know, the same amount as this year, that they still have to spend twenty five million dollars. You know, I mean, they're they're going to be doing something. Yeah. Yeah, the, the payroll is definitely going to be higher this year than it was last year. I mean, and I think, you know, somewhat significantly higher, you know. Um, and, and I think what it does is is you're going to have a, a one more really solid pitcher in the rotation and one more really solid relief pitcher. I mean, I, I think that's the way that you play it. I mean, you and I both – I mean, I did very, very thorough research on first base and there's really nothing that excites me out there, whether it's through a trade or through free agency. Nothing nothing really jumps out at me as a player that I really want to go to hog wild in that position. Like I said, Brandon Belt would have been nice, um, you know, but he's getting up there in age. Anthony Rizzo carries a lot of risk, you know, too. You know, so, I mean, those are the probably, like I said, those are the two choice names. But once you get past them, it's there's nothing. It's a wasteland. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's interesting that four of my five targets were via trade and all five of your targets were free agency. I always, I'm always a big proponent of Shanghai people to come to Pittsburgh and just trading for them, <laughs> like against their will. <laughs> rather than, rather than actually trying to convince them to come voluntarily. Yeah. Um, so here's part of my rationale for that. Um, I think first and foremost, I think that it, for as bad as I just said first base looks, I do think that the pitching market is pretty robust this year. So I don't really see any need to go out and acquire anybody via trade. You know, and really that's that's where I added the money, you know. Um you know, again, Santana's just a re-up, you know. He's just you were bringing him back. You know, so, you know, that's not really all that, you know, that's really not all that exciting. So, I mean, you know, could you trade for somebody at first base? Probably. I mean, I've heard, I can't think of his name off the top of my head and I'm not going to look it up, but I've, I've heard, um, I've heard the, uh, somebody bandy about the name of the, uh, the, the, the Oakland's current first baseman. But I, I mean, you know, it, it's, it would be an interesting look, but again, I think he'd cost a lot more than he'd be worth, um, I think the Pirates' time to trade is going to be at the deadline next year. I, I think that's when we'll see them make trades. And I think that we could see them make some pretty significant trades at that point. But I think that for now, there's enough, there's enough on the free agent market in the, at the positions of need that I don't necessarily think that they have to, you know, use assets – that are available to them in the farm system to go in and, and acquire those to, to, to fill those holes, basically. I, I guess part of my reason is, um, you know, they need to do stuff. So they have, they're sure. going to have to make some trades. But I also think that if they make trades of certain levels of assets, 
it may help free up some spots on the 40 man. It may help clean up a little bit of log jam that they have, especially at uh, the middle infield, as we've talked about. Sure. So I think they have some uh, usable assets that are still sem- semi-attractive sure. to sure. teams. Um, because I think there's also teams out there that are going to be desperate to move salary and aren't going to require a lot. Of, you know, I hate to use the term salary dump, but they might be willing to sure. salary dump to the Pirates. So that's my thought. Yeah, and... and- and I, I do think that there's, I think that in terms of salary, there's, there's definitely better value out there. You know, like obviously they're going to pay Chaz McCormick uh, or, or somebody of that ilk a heck of a lot more or a heck of a lot less than they would if they went out and signed uh, a, a free agent right fielder, you know? So, um, I do think that, um, I, I, I do think that that route is attractive, you know, in some ways, um, but like I said, I I think if you can keep the assets intact without you know dumping a ton of um, you know a ton of the prospects, if you can keep the prospect assets intact, I think that you can you can still move some of those guys, but I think you just move them at the trade deadline. Like I think that there's definitely some urgency to move some of those guys, but hopefully there'll be a better picture. Like we still like, yeah, I'd love to move some second baseman, but we still don't have a clear picture of that position at this point. You know, I mean, hopefully somebody steps up and you know, that there's, you know, and, and this season and, and there's a clear second baseman, but I, I'm not super excited about trading anybody um, until we have that or trading an option until we have, uh, you know, until we know who's going to work there. Because uh, right now nobody's I, – I wouldn't say anybody's working. Like, um, you know, Triolo might be the closest, but how many times did we did we basically have that episode or, or that feature in the episode where we were like, well, so-and-so's finally stepping up in the middle infield and then they slump like two weeks later and we're like, well, looks like we need to try X, you know, um, not, you know, the drug. Uh, but you know, the, the next player up. Um, so, I mean, I have, you know, I mean, so you obviously in your grouping, you added an extra player. So you added five players. I only added four. So, um, you know, to, to the active 40 man. So, uh, you know, so, so I guess, you know, that's one fewer spot. Like we can easily find four guys, uh, you know, four or five spots, I think to get rid of, you know, uh, of guys to get rid of the, the, you know, that are borderline anyway. So I, I mean, on the 40 man now, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, there, there's, don't get me wrong. They're tough decisions, but there's guys that can definitely, uh, there's guys that can definitely come off in my opinion. Well, I, I think that was fun. Uh, nothing like yeah spending other people's money, especially Bob Nuttings. Um, do you have any parting thoughts before we, shuffle off here no i mean i guess i i i guess with my 87 million number i really if they spend less than that i really have a hard time justifying it i i really do think that that's the floor of what they should be spending this year i I think they can spend it i think their peers you know based on attendance have spent that and and you know there's really you know, anything less than that, and I think they're really going cheap. Yeah. Um, 
I 100% agree with you on that. Um, when I see teams like Milwaukee and Cincinnati with, with payrolls that are higher than the Pirates, that that's an alarm bell for me. So, yeah, for me, 87 is also the floor. Um, I quite frankly think I'm being kind with $100 million, but I'd like to see it be somewhere between 87 and 100 yeah, and I I would definitely like to see them throw in another. I I'd like to see them be around ninety two. I think it's a good, fine, realistic number. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, the difference between them and Cincinnati and Milwaukee is again, people show up in those parks when the team sucks. You know, so I mean, it's it's hard for them if 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 the. Pirates dump a bunch of salary in and miss, then they're they're carrying a lot more risk than those other franchises are because, you know, attendance is just going to tank as far as school start as soon as school starts again. And really, it's not going to really, you know, weekdays, even in the summertime, are not going to be, you know, real exciting crowds if this team struggles again next year. So, um, you know, buy your tickets now, folks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Buy your tickets now, one way or the other. So... All right. Well, thank you for joining us on uh, this episode, and we will catch you next week. Uh, As always, I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thank you.